0: Daniel, <clears> throat>, little throat clear standard.
1: Welcome guys, at 15 of the away end and here we go, another one, another one diving in hard.
0: You make it sound like a fucking punishment. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: again, just me and Jimbo this week, we're going to run through what's been going on in the Prem this week, a little bit in on the Champions League, not really a lot, as we said last week, the, the Champions League games are a bit drosh anyway and um a little bit about a small argentinian bloke uh i think he i think he passed away sometime this this week he's a bit, bit of a big deal apparently but um and also someone who's a unit who did also pass away uh as well coming up but to start off with well, we'll start at the Prem Rundown, as we do every
0: week. You can intro me. You never oh, intro me anymore. I forget about
1: mate. him all the time, don't I? am looking at him straight in the eye, but I'm going to intro him. Here we go. Jimbo, what's going on, mate? You down in London again? Got that tash yeah, rocking now?
0: Got a nice little tash on the go. I've got a nice frozen peach hot out of the oven. Yeah, I'm loving it, mate. I've got my hoodie on. Is that what it's called, this, this massive hoodie? <laughs> I feel like Homer Simpson when he has the, when he wears the, the, the Moon Moon or whatever it's called. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, I'm loving it. It does look real comfy. Anyone who hasn't seen it, it's just a massive, massive hoodie and it looks mint. Starting off, guys, a little prem rundown. We're, we're, we normally try and go in order as much as possible. So there was a, it's a game on Friday night, Newcastle versus Palace. Anyone who's listening is a Newcastle fan. Baker, Burden, I'm sorry, we're not going to cover it too much because it wasn't the thrill fest that we thought it was going to be were bullshit and we didn't think it was going to be a thrill fest at all 2-0 Newcastle Callum Wilson and uh, Joe Linto for the the second two goals in the last two minutes it looked like it was going to be an absolute ball fest like another match that we had uh, on Sunday which we'll talk about a little bit more in depth but uh, what do you think Jim? Uh,
0: no it wasn't it wasn't great I mean my main te- it's bad when your main takeaway from a game is is a comment a manager says at the end <laughs> I just thought it was fucking hilarious that Roy Hodgson comes on and he's like well you know we've uh, played the game tonight and uh, well, he's Michael Kane apparently but and he goes uh, sometimes you just have to uh, swallow the pill of defeat I thought it was very poetically like suicidal yeah
1: boy has been there a long time now a a long time for a premier league manager and it feels like he's just sort of and this is not a sly on either team at all but both teams are let's be honest that wanting to stay in the prem and they're wanting to go on on a cup run aren't they like realistically neither of them teams are looking at the top half of the table are they and neither of them are really hoping that they're gonna go down, or that they're you would hope that they're above the, the top three, wouldn't you? So I think I don't feel like
0: Palace are a bad team though. Like, I mean, now that's maybe from my perspective as a Spurs fan, because they're a bit of a bogey team for us, but they've got some really good players. No, they do, they do, but also
1: it's just the way, the way that both teams are set up. Like Baker said several times on this pod, Newcastle just defend, hit people on the counter. Roy is exactly the same with Palace, isn't he? He just Defend, defend, defend! Hit him on the counter with Zaha or um, Eze. I don't know who someone you know, someone else. Are uh, you someone who's got a bit of pace about him? Um, and that's sort of it, isn't it? And if anys, if it's a Palace fan or a West or a Newcastle fan who wants to come on and dispute it with us, I'll, I'll be more than happy to talk to you about it. But uh, from then on, mate, I reckon we just roll it on to the next game, which was a yeah. little bit more. Um, Controversial, let's say. Liverpool one, Brighton one.
0: What do you think, mate? Um, yeah, I mean, sure. I was buzzing about this. Good work, Brighton. Come on, the Seagulls. <laughs> I think it's interesting to see, to watch Liverpool at the moment with everything that's kind of going on because it's kind of like uh, this, like. <sighs> It's like a UFC fighter with one arm, isn't it? He's still going to have a swing back at you, but like the amount of injuries they've got now, and Milner's out now, and did they lose someone else? Brighton lost a player, didn't they? Neil, oh, they lost Lallana thing. as well, and the and Lallana, yeah, that's a good point. Actually. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, just quite interested to watch to watch Liverpool. It'd be very interesting to see how they did for the rest of the season now, and uh, with all these injuries, I've seen that um Tiago's going to be out till next year at least. Milner's out, Gomez is out, Trent Alexander-Arnold's out, Van Dyke's out. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, from the from the post-match... Well, I'm sure we'll talk about this, but the post-match interview was kind of... You could see the pressure getting to him a little bit, I think. Yeah. He's a very, like, emotional bloke and that, but it was a bit erring on the side of nastiness. Uh, I 100% agree with everything you've just said.
1: But mm. I kind of like that. At the start, yeah. he came in and he seemed... And I'd, I'd watched him at Dortmund, and, I'd, and obviously I knew a little bit about him from Mainz, uh, but when he first came in, he said, I'm not the special one. I'm what did he say? Like, I'm I'm like a rock star manager, he said, or something like something along them lines. And I think it's always been like smiles from Jurgen Klopp for what the past three seasons, three and a half, even when they weren't that first season when they when he finished sixth or seventh, and they weren't anywhere decent. They were, they weren't a good team at that time. Mm. It was still all smiles from him. But now I think you're right. It it has. It's it's sort of changed. A little bit of nastiness is coming in, but I got time for that. I I said to you on when we were off there, didn't I? I said about um ollie did this exactly the same thing in the everton game after after we played a, a champions league on the wednesday and then played on the saturday at 12 30 i do think it's it is a big big pressure
0: you said he did the same thing and as if i was a bt presenter mate i would know i'd rather be up against Mm-mm. ollie or klopp <laughs> yeah no i agree ollie, ollie
1: did it a lot lot
0: nicer <laughs> I saw the BT presenter get a bit of slack online and I thought he handled it yeah, quite well. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. I, I agree, man. He was, at the end of the day, he was just saying, so anyone who hadn't seen it, Klopp basically accused the broadcasters of, not bias, but he basically said, you're the guys who made us play at 12.30 on a Saturday after playing on a Wednesday, which, let's be honest, is bullshit. Like, the, they, they, have, they have a lot of power, don't get me wrong. BT and Sky Sports do. But, like Des Kelly kept saying, the reporter kept saying back, at the end of the day, the Premier League have allowed us to do this, so if anything, Jurgen should be having a go at the prem, really, shouldn't he? I don't know.
0: fucking Or the board members at Liverpool, it's the yeah. CEOs, it's the executive members there that sign these games off as well. They all have a say in the Premier League. Well, one other one thing was,
1: like I think Des Kelly made a good point in terms of like the stadiums are empty. So the broadcasters are trying to do their best to show as much football to people as possible. So at the end of the day, like they're just trying to fit it all in. And I know they're being sly and not putting more um, games on at 3.30 or three o'clock games. Yeah, that is the broadcasters. But I think thought was a little bit wrong to have a go at the broadcasters. Mm. But yeah, it's, like you said, let's talk football, mate. Go on.
0: I mean, hats off to Brighton. I, I really enjoying watching them this season. they got some great players. You've got Mopey, Connolly, Lamptey, Trossard... Well, back. I think yeah, Graham I think Potter's that, got on
1: playing real, real nice.
0: Yeah, he has really, really nice. Um, some really nice
1: football they're playing. Let's be honest, it could have been a hell of a lot better for him if if Neil Mopey got because they had they had a penalty, didn't they? Which he missed, and then yeah. he had a shocker. He did. He missed it, and then
0: literally two minutes later, ended up uh, ended up going off injured. So I've got in my notes that they were kind of unlucky to not come away with a little bit more than a point. Really, mm. Brian, I thought.
1: Yeah, man, definitely. I agree. I agree. I think I think they did really well. I think they, they defended well. They hit on the counter well. And again, just want a little shout out to my man, Welbeck. Well played. Got the penalty. I mean, what do we think? I know it is a penalty, technically. I wouldn't class that as a pen. Robert was trying to get that ball away. Any which way, it's what, the 88th, 89th minute. Just lever it away. That's all he's trying to do. And yet it probably is a penalty, but I still, I don't know. I still can't get behind them kind of penalties. I still
0: do. I'm so on the fence for this one. Like, I, I, partly I'm like, well, he did swipe his foot but he didn't mean to, but he did get the ball. But if he hadn't got the ball, would Welbeck have even been anywhere near it anyway? It's such a, it's a weird one, isn't it? I'm not yeah. sure. I do think this game, much to my uh, excitement, shows that Liverpool can be got at quite a bit, whether that's, you know, this kind of reduced Liverpool or Liverpool normally this season. I, I'm not sure, but it shows that if you have a bit of an attack and a bit of creativity and fluidity, you can get at them. Yeah, Which definitely. is uh, pretty buzzing about because we got them in a couple of weeks. So. <laughs> uh, and another
1: shout out again uh didn't didn't i mention this one one a pretty what? good signing uh
0: diego oh, shot <laughs> how many weeks has this right been no This
1: this move is on mate right so liverpool uh coming up they've got ajax on tuesday which i think is an absolute must win for them yeah. they're losing to Atlanta.
0: they can um yeah they can take a draw and still be okay mm-hmm. but they have to draw a win i mean yeah. well, obviously a win is preferable I, th- I think yeah. I think so that's huge. In that, and then
1: and then, the, then it doesn't really get any easier. Then on Sunday they've got Wolves. So and after their Wolves. performance on against Arsenal, which we'll talk about in a minute, like that, that could be two very real nice. tough games. Considering you know Liverpool are going to have to start academy players again, Phillips and, and some other of the young lads are going to have to start, aren't they? So
0: Nico Williams, Minamino yeah. to a degree. Um, right, I'm just good. before we move on, one very quick thing before we move on. Brighton scored more goals than City this season and they've conceded less than Liverpool. Wow. And they're currently 16th, or they were 16th at the time of that game. <laughs> That's
1: mental, isn't it?
0: Get your head around that.
1: Although, I mean, like, like we said, Liverpool uh, a couple of weeks ago, Liverpool's goal difference is absolutely horrendous at the moment, isn't it? Considering less left, left seven in against, um, against Villa, didn't they? So I suppose... Well, it's I mean, a that, one game,
0: that one game is pretty much the reason they're second. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs>
1: Anyone who is a Southampton or a Brighton fan, little uh South Coast Derby on Monday at 8 p.m. So uh get it on. I genuinely think that would be a quite a good game, Southampton versus Brighton. Both teams like proper attacking game for it, innit? Proper salt
0: merchants, both of them. <laughs> salt- <laughs>
1: uh, next game was Manchester City
0: versus Burnley, and this is just uh what's the words? It's a it's a meme game now. It's just a yeah. meme game. What is this four times that they've won five nil now in a row? Uh, it's a, yeah, it's yeah. a meme fixture, yeah. Mate. mate. Yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous.
1: I mean, I don't want to go into it too much, man. I think Burnley, I thought that that Sean Dyche was genuinely going to be all right this season, but bloody no!
0: I, I fucking hate Burnley. Yeah, I know you do. I know you do. I don't. I don't. I've got nothing against the club or the fans or anything like that. Just fucking hate the way they play football. Anti-football, um, mate. Yeah, isn't it? And I know that's kind of ironic coming from the bus drivers. But you know what I did think was quite funny was uh, we spent a good chunk of time ripping into Riyad Mahrez last week, and then he got got a fucking hat trick in this game.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but I made this exact point two of his goals were exactly what i said he does every single week goes down the right cuts in cuts in again swings it with his left foot he did that the first goal to be fair was a beautiful beautiful uh move from city you can't take anything away from that and the finish was mint but the second mm. goal like that's exactly what i said like last week he has one trick in his bag and it's come in on his left foot swing it far corner and he did it and maybe Burnley haven't been watching <laughs> enough Riyad Mahrez games because that's all he can do like yeah. well, you're right hat trick and you've got to give it to him. like they didn't put um, they didn't take the foot off the gas at all like they just carried on so
0: I, I mean, liked it towards I liked it towards the end when they were like they pretty much had a, a very good chance to get a stick and I was like no no don't do
1: it <laughs> Yeah. Uh, now I think on a level, I do think Sean Dyche is on the hot seat now, big time. I think yeah. he's, uh, I think he's gonna struggle. City, I got Fulham three o'clock on ne- on next Saturday. Porto coming up in the Champions League, which their their Champions League group was fairly nice anyway. So I think they'll. definitely
0: mean, they they've currently got twelve points. Porto on nine and Olympiacos on three. So I can't see them slipping up. They'll definitely go through. Yeah, they'll definitely
1: go through. And then they got Fulham three p.m. on Saturday, which. Before about two hours ago, I would have said that's an absolute rollover for them. You know, Fulham at the moment might be a full time result. We're, we're winning two 0 last time that I checked, so it might not be such a destruction. Two one uh, now, full time. Full time was it two 0 Two one. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I still City are going to batter them, aren't they? Let's be honest. And uh, Burnley have Everton at twelve thirty on uh, on Saturday, which again I think Burnley, yeah. I think they're going to struggle. I think that probably will be another defeat, won't it? Yeah. Another game. What are we thinking? Everton versus Leeds. Yeah, uh, let's do that. I'll be honest. I didn't see this game. I only saw the highlights. But what I did see was a combined 38 chances for both teams, yep. which is madness considering. I'll throw this stat in later, but... Arsenal only create nine chances a game. To have 38 between two teams in one game is ridiculous. It just shows uh, Bielsa and and, uh, and Ancelotti, the old boys, just absolutely full-on just attack, 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 right?
0: Here's one for you, though. There was one game this weekend that got more shots than that. Do you know what it was? i put you on the spot here because you don't know anything about this. I'm going to go with the... United Southampton game? No, West Brom Sheffield United, thirty-nine shots in that game.
1: What?
0: Yeah, I know, right?
1: Well you know what's you know what's crazy about both them um, games as well? They're both one nilers. Yeah. Like yeah. how many ch- I mean, it
0: probably shows just if- four heavyweights <laughs> slugging it out, mate. That's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, it wasn't I I saw the extended highlights. It was it. it was a good game. Yeah. Good game. Um both teams playing how they are playing at the moment, which is nice, it's kind of fluid creative football. I mean, the big takeaway from this game was the quality of the goalkeeping in it. Yeah. I think a lot of it was the the kind of one nil was very much down to the quality of the two two goalkeepers. Yeah, and, and a lot of very, very tight offsides. So here's a question for you. Do you think Leeds are the most exciting team to watch in the Premier League right now? Possibly, yeah. I mean, I'd argue that would- they're very much up there.
1: I would, I would, I think, I feel at the moment it's probably a toss up between them and probably Southampton in terms of goals and like just the way that they play. Like the past couple of games, Southampton have had really good results, high scoring. And like, I don't know. Yeah. I think, I think Chelsea again, uh, I've had some really nice high-scoring games as well, but you're right. I think overall, Leeds you can't you can't knock them. They have been unbelievable. That come mm. up from the Championship the way they have, like yeah, I think got a lot of time for them, man.
0: Well, we already touched on it. West Brom Sheffield United. I've got that a nickname a for this boys. game though. Well, I call it the dog shit kit derby, mate. Both teams' kits are fucking wank. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, they really are. One thing we didn't cover: who. uh Everton Burnley uh, next Saturday and then Leeds Leeds pretty big game I feel like against Chelsea uh 8pm on Saturday which could be a nice uh Saturday night game but anyway you're right
0: dog shit kit derby mate both of the kits are fucking horrible aren't they like there's um there's a Sheffield United I don't know if it's like their away kit or their third kit the goalkeeper kit. It looks like a packet of pickled onion monster munch. I know Is exactly that- which one you mean, yeah.
1: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I remember Henderson wearing it last year, yeah. I know yeah. exactly which one you mean, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, gross. But
1: I classed this as a relegation six-pointer already. I know it was before Christmas, but I do genuinely yeah. think it was a relegation six-pointer. And I named my colours to the mast. I said that um, that Chris Wilder was going was gonna to be fine for Sheffield United. And I said Burnley were going to be fine. And... Like I've said a couple of weeks ago, I'm not a proud man. I'll I'll, I'll adjust (laughs) my predictions from what I'm seeing and Sheffield United and Burnley... (laughs) They are going to struggle, aren't they? Yeah. I just can't see any attacking talent. I mean, like, yeah, they had chances. McGoldrick hit the bar and
0: uh, what's his name? I think they hit the post as well. It doesn't seem to be working like, anywhere on the pitch. Like, no. Some of their defending in this game was so scrappy. It didn't seem to be much plan like anywhere on the pitch. Although, having said that, they are very, like you say, they're very, very unlucky. I have so many chances that just go wide or come off the bar. or yeah. When you, I, when I when you have a combined well.
1: 39 chances in one game, only one one goal. It is it has to be some kind of
0: unluckiness, doesn't that? Like, mm. I was gonna say you got you got to feel a bit as well for Ryan Brewster. Having gone from, from Liverpool to Sheffield United thinking this is a this is an up and coming team that have kicked on a bit in the last season and and now you're playing in these dog shit games
1: it's always there was Wigan when they came up years ago years and years ago they had a really really good first season I didn't have quite as good as Sheffield United but they finished probably like eighth or ninth and the season after they were scrapping and up for about two or three seasons after that until he went down they were just scrapping for relegation I think it takes that one season for like all the Prem teams to work out what Sheffield United are doing, how they're playing, how they're defending, how they're attacking. And eventually, like, especially Prem teams, you have so many good players, even on the bench or um, starting, like, they eventually work out what mm. Chris Wilder's doing, I think, and that is probably what's
0: happening. Even then, you think you'd scrape some results here and there. Do you know what I mean? You'd still get a few. Even if every everyone in the league's worked out exactly how you play, you'd still get a couple of draws here and there, and yeah. maybe a win or two. It's just not going their way, is it? Nah, Bless think, yeah, no. Bless them. Yeah, I know. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of really liked them last year. I really like watching yeah. them. It was, I, it was I love such a nice story. Underdog. Them, them, and Wolves, wasn't it? Mm. But West
1: Brom have Palace at twelve thirty on Sunday, and Sheffield United have. Leicester next Sunday at 2.15 again I can't after they've got beaten Le- uh, Leicester this week I think they'll be coming out all guns blazing won't they to try and get a get back on the winning form there so onto the other end of the spectrum with uh, Southampton versus United talk me through it what happens I'm not really sure you know mate it was a very weird game <laughs> Again, I'm glad that I said in my under 25s team that I was going to put James Wall-Prowse because <laughs> that guy just can't do anything wrong at the moment. His right foot needs to be like, you know, putting like a gold plate or something or, you know, <laughs> his right foot's almost as good as Beckham's. at nah, that. I'm taking the piss. It's not as good as whoa, Beckham's. But whoa. <laughs> I think that, 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 that corner, that first corner, oh my God, that's just, that's indefendable. Like how, how Southampton set up, they just put four players, or two of their players and two play, two United players marking. De Gea just couldn't get to it. Ward-Prowse whips that ball in so well. You get any touch on it and, and it's in. I think that unbelievable, indefendable from, from a United point of view, I don't think they could have done much better. And free kick from Ward-Prowse was unbelievable. Again, Like I think I think De Gea maybe, if I'm being extremely harsh, could have done a little bit better. But it's almost past him before he even knows where it is. So, in that respect, yeah, I can't, I can't
0: knock him too much. But, um, did get a knock though, didn't he?
1: Yeah, he did get a knock. And, but like I said it, during the game, I think this is prime time now for Ollie. Like, it isn't like an awkward situation where he has to take De hair out to put Henderson in. This is the biggest opportunity Dean Henderson's gonna add. I can't, from, the, from what his knee looks like, it did look pretty bruised up after the game so i think he might miss another game who knows so henderson is his chance to stake his claim now isn't it big time yeah bruno the penalty merchant didn't score a penalty got a lovely <laughs> fit mate do you, do you see the finish
0: mate, uh no i didn't know one
1: touch finish oh well one touch control one touch finish beautiful beautiful finish i must admit um and yeah el Matador, I mean, you said a
0: couple weeks ago you said a couple weeks ago like um United go the way that Fernandez goes, and if he has a good game, is it was it a matter of him having a bad first half and a good second half? Yeah, hundred I mean, percent. Yeah,
1: hundred percent. Like first half, he he didn't look great. He didn't look really at the races, and I think the commentator said it, and I fully agree. Like it's a sign of a world class player that he doesn't play unbelievable in the first half, and within the the first ten minutes of the second half, Ollie's probably got the hairdryer out out a, a bit in the uh, in the dressing room. And he manages mm. to to get on the scoreline. Uh, and like I said, El Matador Cavani two for two now, or oh, three three for three actually. Sorry, two beautiful finishes. I must admit. And that, I mean, that's what United bought him for, wasn't it? I think realistically, like he's got to be starting. Um,
0: yeah, I think it, so. Now after you've that, you've got to. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can't start Marshall. Marshall had not scored all season. Had a shot on target, has he? In like yeah. the last however many games. I don't, I don't think... I, I think I read he's not had a shot on target in, like, six or seven games, which is mad. You've got to be starting him, like, unless it's a matter of his, you know, age and fitness, that he can't well, I mean, maybe do a full night. I don't know. He's
1: still playing for Uruguay. He's 33. He's still playing for Uruguay. I mean, I think... Fitness-wise, I don't think it's really an issue for him. I think he he is, like, pretty fit anyway, so I don't think he'll have a problem with that. One other thing I would like to mention before we move on is a uh, for Southampton. What a player that, that is! Like, first off, he had uh Aaron Wambasaka on, on Skittles every single time. One, I, th- I think, I think Wambasaka's probably one of the best one on one defenders in the Prem in terms of mm. making a challenge against a winger. The amount of times that he Absolutely mugged Wamba like, and I've just put in the notes here. Forty million from Standard Liège. I think that's a bargain. Mm. I mean, he didn't have a great second half, and he probably just ran himself ragged trying to do Wamba all first half. But the first half performance was was really really good. I must admit. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy we we managed to we managed to get there eventually. It was in Fergie time, and you know w- we have to try and kick on from that kind of stuff. But we'll see yeah. we'll see I'm not 100% confident but
0: I'm more confident after seeing that kind of performance in the second half definitely I mean you can't predict this United side you could have watched that 40, last 45 minutes and been like wow what a great team they've really got a lot of you know personality and, and skill and then watch you guys next week and it'll yeah. be a completely different story Definitely, man, definitely. Well, talking of next week, on Wednesday,
1: we've got PSG. So again, that's definitely another reason for Cavani to be starting. At Old Trafford, Cavani, that's just set up for him to get a goal, isn't it, surely? Then we have, as I said last week, James, uh, we have we have the rub of the green we do a little bit, mate. Man United have <laughs> a, uh, don't have an early Saturday game. We have a 5.30 against West Ham. Alex, if you're listening, mate, I'll, uh, I'll drop your... I drop you on WhatsApp when uh, when we're getting battered. <laughs> and
0: uh, I mean, talking uh, to talking West Ham, I think they're up at the moment. Yeah, 1-0 up, up at the moment mate? against Aston Villa. 1-0 up? I tell you what, mate. Oh, Bonner, mate. Two minutes oh, in.
1: Yeah. And uh, we already mentioned it anyway, but yeah, Southampton have Brighton in the, uh, the South Coast derby. Next game, Chelsea Spurs, mate. 0-0, but give us a lowdown, mate.
0: I'm happy with that. To be honest, I'll take that. To go to Stamford Bridge, come up against a Chelsea team with the talent that they have and the way they've been playing recently, I'll happily take that point. I I think it was probably Chelsea's game to lose, to be honest. Like I said, the fact that they've been smashing teams left and right. um, But then so have we, I guess. I think it was... Are you all right? (laughs) Sorry, man and a little
1: coughing fit for everyone there. I had to put myself on mute. James is pissing himself. I haven't got COVID, guys. Or as far as I know, I haven't got COVID, so don't worry. Uh, um, but yeah, go on.
0: Carry on, mate. Carry on. Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, we're like... Well, they've been smashing teams left and right, but I guess so have we. We've been really turning up against in these big games recently. And um, it was a mix of, like, very cagey, nervous play. Neither team wanted to really commit to anything in case there was a mistake and a goal. Because either of those teams could punish you in a in a split second if you make a mistake. Um, but I think both teams were either ca- cagey and nervous, or they kind of quite effectively shut each other out. Which I, I think it was a mixture, to be honest. Um, the fact that we kept—I think—Lloris made three saves in the whole game. The fact that we kept that attacking lineup out, but also fair play to Chelsea—they kept Kane and Son quiet all game, and yeah. no one's done that this season. No nah, one's man, done definitely. that. So I don't think it was like a—it wasn't a particularly um aesthetically pleasing match, but I appreciate the result and I appreciate appreciate what the boys did to be honest. So yeah.
1: Commentators were making a lot of um Spurs players looking a bit tired. In definitely Bergwine and I can't remember who else they said. And they were just saying, like
0: some fitness issues at the moment. As he yeah so, yeah. because
1: they, they were saying like how you have to buy into Mourinho like in terms of he will work you to the bone but at the moment, mate, like he's he has 100% got the backing of, um, of them players, of them Spurs players. Like they, 100%, they, mate. They they look like they will they could literally run through brick walls for him right now.
0: Do you, do you know what? Like the biggest sign of that for me is that this was not a Spursy game. A Spursy game would have been to lose this 2 0 or lose it 1 0 in the last few minutes, which nearly happened to be fair. But Mourinho seems to have like coached that out of him, which I fucking love, mate. I'd love to see that.
1: Yeah, man. No, I agree. I agree. I think, I mean, this is the second season bounce for Mourinho. It always it always happens. Like, he gets to play so much on side. And you know what? I was calling this, like, a couple of weeks ago. Gareth Bale's not even starting. Gareth Bale's not even playing. And and you're still smashing... Well, not smashing teams, but in, in like you said, in comparison to what a Spurs team
0: under Potch, unfortunately... You're right. You probably would have lost this. One nil, two 0 Mate, we'd have come out against Chelsea and been all all hands on deck attacking, like, and we'd have got fucking punished for it under Pochettino. It's, it, we might not be smashing them, but four points from City and Chelsea and two clean sheets. Fuck me, I'll take that. It's what you
1: need, man. Especially even yeah. even more so against Chelsea, where you've got Rodon who's starting his first game. Like, fair play to him. I think. Like I said, it's it's a Mourinho way. He knows what he's doing. I said this two or three on, on the international episode. Um, he knew he knows what he's doing. Drills players beyond belief. He will have been saying all week: defend, defend, defend. If we can keep defending, we will be fine. Like mm. we can, if we can keep Chelsea out, we're, we're in with a chance. And like I said, against City, against Chelsea, you kept clean yeah,
0: I just want a little shout out to Mike absolute favorite player at the moment tangi on oh my god i could sit and watch that guy for 12 hours a day play football he is something special mate unbelievable absolute snake hips I, like he's just turning people left and right it's it's, it's incredible
1: I, I think i think as as a united fan and someone who doesn't really watch spurs that much i think it's I, for me it has gone under the radar a bit but he has under Mourinho... He's a
0: different player, man, isn't he? Like next time you watch a Spurs game, just like keep your eye on him and watch what he does. He's just fucking quality. How much was he? Yeah. Like uh, he was yards, he? 62, I think, something like that. Yeah. He's our most expensive signing ever. Was he was he came in under Poch there, right? Yeah. But he didn't play under Poch really because um, yeah, Poch, like, Poch had yeah. this like Poch had this period of like six months where you bed in before you even play a fucking game. Weird. Yeah. Weird.
1: Um, but Chelsea have Seville. On Wednesday, they're already through, so they don't give a shit, yeah. do they? And then, like we said, uh, Leeds on the, on the Saturday game. And then Spurs have... Spurs got Lask. And then the big one. We're You're looking really forward looking, to this. Mate, mate. I, I am actually really, really looking forward to that. I mean, one good part about Manchester still being in Tier 3, I can't go out to the boozer, so the podcasts are going to be quite good next couple of weeks just because I sit in and sadly watch football on my own every (laughs) Sunday, like literally from 2 o'clock until 10pm every Sunday, basically. So, yeah, Yeah. I think I I am We're looking forward to that.
0: Not to do too much of a preview on it, but mark my words, it'll go one of two ways. We'll fucking pummel them or Arsenal's redemption arc will start and I'll actually fucking do us, I reckon. And everyone will be like Arsenal are back. Woo.
1: No, Mourinho's not letting that happen.
0: Mourinho is well, yeah, letting that happen. But trust me. There's history there, not there?
1: Yeah, but Jose, say, mate, he's not gonna let it happen. He's not. And finally, the last game of the of the well of the weekend, as it was, and we've still got a couple more games going on. But um Arsenal versus Wolves. Do you see the game?
0: Yeah, I watched this, yeah. It was uh I mean do you want to address the elephant in the room straight away? Do you want to talk about Jimenez? Oh well yeah that's a good point yeah yeah. I mean
1: yeah I think overall just on on a health point
0: of view I think football needs to do more about concussions. They it's more than that mate. He's had a fractured skull. He's had Is surgery he fra- and everything. Jesus I yeah. didn't realize that was actually I, I him. I've I've heard on the grapevine that it might be it might be game over for him. Bit of a Ryan Mason situation.
1: Oh, yeah, I didn't yeah. realize
0: that. Because I mean, if you if if you've had a fractured skull, that fracture's weaker again. Then, and yeah, I don't exactly. think you can play. You can't risk it. I don't like. That's what happened to Ryan Mason. Yeah, it was one. Had to like retire really, and that's such a shame because I fucking love him and as he's such a good player. But if that's the case, then geez, yeah, what a yeah, loss. Man, that's not for just that. for Wolves, but like football in general. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah. football as a whole, just they don't
1: they don't care about concussions enough like mm. and I maybe was a little bit at fault a couple of weeks ago when um Nobby Styles came out that he had dementia and basically it's they said that that was to do with football and I was like is it I I didn't know that but apparently a third more than than usual than the general public basically of foot end up with dementia so Mm. It's basically you're one third more likely to end up with dementia if you're a professional footballer, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. And and that game had a couple of weird like head injuries. Uh, obviously David Luis playing on for me was just quite strange. They, they mentioned it, I was in the commentary and in the analysis at half time, the fact that he had blood like coming out of his head as as he was playing throughout the that the
0: rest of the first half. And so I mean, you've seen players get hooked for less than that. Yeah. yeah I remember we we had Vertonghen got a concussion once I remember and Poch he, he came off and they did all the tests on him and then Poch sent him back on and he couldn't fucking run straight he had to come off and he was like vomiting at the side of the pitch and stuff it's, it's, yeah, it's something that needs more like well they're all about the concussion subs aren't they I think that's a great great idea
1: and that's what I was just going to say. Yeah, I'm fully, fully on board with that. I think having, having a concussion sub so you don't lose out when one of your players gets injured injured in that respect because mm. like, like the commentators say and Alice has said all the time, like, they're footballers. They love playing football. If the, if the medical person gives them the choice, do you want to come back on or not? They're going to, they're say, going to yeah. say yes. Yeah. 100%. They say... I want I want to play football. I love football. So I think it needs to be taken out of their hands. There was a lot of uh, players um, and on uh, people on Twitter and stuff saying like how basically they should have an independent medical person there that can, if someone has suspicion of concussion, that they should deal with them. Because obviously like even in terms of like a club doctor, they probably have allegiances. The managers probably putting pressure on them to say, like, oh, you know, come on, just get him back on; it mm. be fine. So, it
0: needs to be clearer rules. But
1: the game as a whole,
0: uh, Arsenal are looking bad, aren't they? <laughs> I'm definitely not smiling. Definitely not smiling. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and really not good. So mechanical and uncreative. And oh, I saw people online being like, "Are you Unai in disguise?" <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> But then I, then I was thinking, uh, it's kind of very two different conflicting philosophies in that Unai was kind of go out there and play football and do what you want and be fluid, which didn't really work. And then, and then you know, Arteta's is kind of very systematic in his approach and every player has a zone and every player has this and that and every player has a system that they work in and the team works within a certain system and it's very rigid. And that's not working either. I think he's trying to apply a philosophy that he probably picked up or or created at City with a back three or four that cost, you know, 300 million pounds. And he hasn't got that at Arsenal. I don't know if he's just not realized that the offense to Arsenal, the quality is not there compared to City. and, And that's where it's falling down. I think a massive thing is Aubameyang
1: confident he just
0: looks shot no well he carried them so much last season he carried them through so many games yeah so if he goes or if he's off the ball then two goals in five
1: games for Arsenal you can't Keep clean sheets to the extent of you're going to be able to scrape a one 0 victory week in week out. You just can't. I think the the struggle on the other end though, like Wolves had looked a bit had looked a bit patchy, and I do think like they're looking a lot more solid. They were great,
0: mate. Their counter attack in this game was was fucking savage.
1: And like a few other little things, which I noticed nine Portuguese players in the Wolves squad, which to me, I mean, we keep saying we've said it a couple of times on this podcast, but it's like home away from home for any Portuguese player, isn't it? Like, if you're not playing in Portugal, then just go to Wolves and you're basically in Portugal anyway then, right?
0: Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's the, Mendes, the uh, Mendes effect, isn't it? Is it Mendes? The agent. Oh, Rino's agent and yeah, Nuno's yeah. agent. And he does all these dodgy Portuguese deals and that. Yeah, 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 it is Mendes. You're right, yeah.
1: Just to shout out a few of them, Neto and, and Podence. Like, Neto, I'd seen last season, looked really good rapid and, like... Got really nice touch, good finishing, and Podence, I had not really, I haven't really seen him at all this season. But he, yeah, I mean, lovely finish for the for the first goal, and also he he kept um it was it Saka on the right or no Saka mm. was on the left. But no, yeah, it was he was up he was on the right against Saka, and he kept Saka mm. really quiet. I must admit, like he kept him pretty busy. So. Uh, I was ashamed
0: to say that. I just, I just hadn't just had heard of Podence before this game. And that's no, really bad. I'll, I'll
1: be honest. Neither had I, mate. <laughs> neither had I. No. Um, two other little things to wrap it up. Uh, one was a stat which the commentator made, which was Arsenal take 58 passes per attempt so like considering the only like I said before they only have nine attempts in a game if you have to pass it 58 times before you get a chance that is definitely like I just think personally that's showing inefficiency from from
0: definitely overplaying a
1: system and probably like just I don't know it's just it just seems weird doesn't it like you have to Mm. pass it that many times before you can I don't know can I drop a stat in go on mate uh Wolves first win at Arsenal since 1979 Big time, big time. first league win since nineteen won nine, won't it? Which is yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, Arsenal's worst heart since nineteen ninety two since the Premier League came into existence. And also, if there's any Arsenal fans out there, Jimbo's got a wry smile on his face now. But anyway, and got a
0: fucking raging boner as well.
1: <laughs> like I said, last little thing. So Arsenal have Rapid Vienna on um on Thursday, and then they have. The big what the big one then against against you lot on Sunday. Yeah. Wolves have uh, Liverpool on Sunday at, at seven thirty, which again I think could be quite a good game. So I'm I'm looking forward to good them. Good games Sunday. next weekend. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So guys, uh, as we said at the start, said at the top, um, a little Argentinian fella named uh, Diego Maradona.
0: Wait, Messi's dead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, like we said, Diego Maradona, a little, little Argentinian bloke. If you don't know who he is, then bloody hell, you haven't been watching football. You don't know much about football, but died 60 of a heart attack on, a, when was it? Was it last last Friday, was it? I think. When was it last Thursday? I can't remember. Absolute outpouring from the world, wasn't there? I must admit. And there's there's a debate as to if he is the GOAT, the greatest of all time. I personally don't think he is. You know, he's up there. He'll be always known for his on the pitch and off the pitch antics. I'm sure Jim's got a hot a hot take on um, on some of his on some of his antics, but that goal in, in the 86 World Cup final before before he was a cheating git. Uh, that first goal, you can't take anything away from it, can you? Like, he, he might no. he might have done some very very questionable things in his personal life, but on the pitch, he was unbelievable, and he probably is in the top five all time greatest players. So. But that's 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 my little take on it. But uh, go on, Jimbo.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can't deny he's an uh, an unbelievable footballer, and I can't argue that he's probably, he probably is in the top five footballers ever. I just. <laughs> find it very difficult to look past is, is off-field activities, which include domestic abuse, potential underage sexual abuse, um, rape accusations, drug use, gang involvement. And I don't know if you saw the Spanish uh, female footballer who sat down, joined the minute silence, turned her uh-huh. back on the circle and sat down. Uh, Paula Depina, her name is? Um, she said she was unwilling to honour a a domestic abuser with a minute's silence. Why should I do that? She said she received death threats since then. Wow. And that happened yesterday, I think. No, fair play the day to before. It. Fair play. You know what? But I don't know. I, uh, it's, of it's a kind of, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of footballers who are very good, but also fucking arseholes. But I don't know. I've, uh, this whole thing's tinged for me. I, I find it very difficult to look past all that stuff.
1: I agree to a certain extent. However, I try to separate the art from the artist as it was like in terms of not to go off on a tangent, but again, Kobe Bryant died last year and actually, sorry, this year it was, and he is in the top three greatest basketball players of all time and he had rape allegations against him, and I mean, I, tr- I guess it's I guess. like you know, it's it's like I said, separate the art from the artist. Michael Jackson's a similar example, like. Uh, Kevin I Spacey, do Woody I Allen. Fully, say again. It's Kevin Spacey, Woody Allen. Exactly, know. exactly, man.
0: Yeah, yeah, I guess
1: so. I fully the, agree. I fully agree and see where you're coming from, and you're right. Like, you can't, yeah, you can't, you can't look past them. At, at a certain point in time, you have to
0: look and think. Yeah, you you did some really fucked up things. Uh, yeah, it's just the way the way people there's this outpouring. It's almost like he's he's kind of kind of canonized, and it's like this sort of he's this like untouchable figure just because he's died. And I think people should be held accountable for things they've done, think no matter who they are.
1: No, I I agree, and I, but I think that's how sport as a whole makes us feel like we mm. can, like if that, for example, if that was a politician. No one's forgetting that, are they? Like, if that's no. a politician and he, and he died and he had all them accusations against him, there's no way that people are so universally like loving Maradona. Like you said, I think I think that is what sports does to people, and they they forget about all the bad things that happen. And you think actually, you're right. Like, Jim, yeah. you, you are 100 percent right, man. Like we need we do need to hold people accountable for that kind of that kind of thing
0: guess it's the world's problem and not mine
1: <laughs> <laughs> and another small shout on a, on a smaller scale i don't know if you know who this lad is but papa Booba Diop died this year at,
0: i mean be, best name ever no, right at 42 as well
1: which is unbelievably at, at the time when i looked it up last <laughs> yes, last night they didn't actually have like a cause of death which i don't know it yeah it said a
0: long-term illness didn't it
1: oh did it is that what it was yeah, yeah. i mean anyone who's listening but, who doesn't know him like, he was known as the wardrobe. Like, he was just, <laughs> he was one of them central defensive midfielders. How Jim would probably not mind me describing uh, Sissoko. He's hes a, hes yeah. he, he, he ain't got a great deal of movement. He ain't got a great deal of, but you know, he's going to be super, super solid. And he's going to put in an absolute shift for you. That's what Papa Booby Diop was like, and got a lot of time. Big respect for 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 Papa Bouba Diop. He's a yeah, he was a legend when I was when I was growing up, and in like the Fulham teams which we were playing against, he was always like in the midfield battles with like it talent-wise against like Paul Scholes. He is nowhere near the talent that Paul Scholes will ever be, but he was always, always just nipping at his heels, wanting to wanting to just get in and amongst him, and yeah. I, mm. I like them. I love them kind of players. I got a lot of time for, like, Scott Parker, Eric Dyer, them kind of players who aren't amazingly talented but love a challenge. So
0: Just fucking lumps, mate.
1: Yeah, <laughs> That's true, man. That's so true. Yeah, very sad. Sad times, sad times. One other tiny little funny thing. If anyone got a chance uh, on the BBC Sports website, check out um, Aubameyang and the Gabon team getting... Uh, Getting stuck in an airport <laughs> en route to uh, to an African Nations Cup uh, qualifier. They, I mean, they're all multi million or quite a few of them are multi millionaires are in that team. Uh, but they had to sleep on the floor for nine hours <laughs> uh, when when they when there it was an administrative error from uh, from the I don't think it was from the from the uh, Gabon team. I think it was from uh, the team they were playing. So, uh, but yeah.
0: Quite, well, Bama Young thing. might have to get used to fucking sleeping on the floor if he carries on his current form, mate. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's true. Yeah, won't have much teams. Won't have many teams for him, will they? No. Right. Um, on that note, <laughs> I think that's. Uh, I think that's another wrap. doesn't it, it, it
0: Jimbo. You know what to do. Daniel's told you week on week. Now get on uh, Apple Podcasts, whoever it's called. Drop us a review. If you're on Spotify, just go on Apple Podcasts and give us a review. And something we've not actually told you to do. You've got a whole list of things to do now. But uh, tell people about this podcast and tell your mates and stuff because uh, that's how we're going to get rich from adverts. <laughs> <laughs> that
1: is the truth. That is the truth. Yeah. If you if you know anyone who even marginally likes football, tell them the away end. You'll learn loads and it's a good laugh.
0: You'll learn fuck all and it's not even that funny. But tell yeah. them about it anyway.
1: Yeah. Right, cheers, so lad. For that, Jimbo. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening.